0: aadhamadhav kunja bihaari aadhamadhav kunja bihaari jay radha Jaya Gopi Janna Balla Ba Giri Dhari. Jaya Gopi Janna Balla Ba Giri Dhari. Yashoda Nandana Prajadan Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Prajadan Ranjana Yamuna tira havana chahadi Jai Radha matha kunja bihari jay ho radha madhav kunja bihari jay radha jay hai Jaya Jagannatha, Jaya Jagannatha, Jaya Bala Deva, Jaya Subhadra. Jaya Pramata, Jaya Radha, bala baradha, bala Prabhupāda, 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 pra Prabhupāda. Prabhupada ki, shi shi nitai ki, sri sri jaganath paladev dari sri sri radha valabhapagana ki, giriraj maharaj ki, Grantaraj shi Bhagavatam ki, gauraparimanandi, yeah. o All sushama devotee, o gauri sushama devotee, yeah. o gauri sushama devotee, yeah. guru and gauranga. We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, Chapter 7. What Prahlad Learned in the Womb. Text number 36. Tada, Puman, Mukta Samasta Bandanas, Tad Bhava, Bhava Anukritashaya kritihi. Nirdagda, nirdagda Bijana Shayo, Mahiyasa, mahiyasa Bhakti Prayogena, prayogena prayogena Samirti, Adokshajam, Tadapuman Mukta Samasta, Bandanas. Bhākhār nirdhagda nidāgda kṛtihī Nirdhāgda-bhijānna-shuya-mahiyasa Bhakti-prayogena-sametya-dokṣa-jam तदा पुमान् Samasta Bandhanas, Tadapumar Mukta Samasta Bandhanas, Tadapumar Mukta Samasta Bandhanas, Tadapumar Mukta Tadapuma nuptasa must abandon us. Tadbaba bhavanukritaya sukriti. Dasta beja, Nidagda Bhakti, Payodena, Tharapamana Mukta Samasta bandanas, Tarbava Bhava Bhavanu Krithayasaka Kriti Nidagda Bhijana Shaya Mahiyasa Nidagda <speaking> <language of> <Lord> Mahiyasa Thra Puman Mukta Samastha Bandanas, Thra Tadapuman Mukta Samasta Bandanas Tadbhava Bhava Nukretaya Shukriti Nirdagda Bijana Shayo Mahiyasa Bhakti Prayogena Sametha Doksajam Pada Mukta Samasta Baba <laughs> Baba Nukritasaya Kriti Nirdagda Vijana Swaya Mahiya Sa. Ati Prayogena Sametya Dokshajam. Ladies, Tapuman Mukta Samasta Bandanas, nidagta bija mahiyasa Diprayogena samasta bandanas. नि डाक द बेजान bhakti मह्यसा भक्ति प्रयोगेन समेध्य दोक्षजं सदा कुमानु nirdākta bijan mahiyasa Bhakti prayogena sametya dokshajam Tadapuman mukta samasta bandanas Tadbhava bhava mukta siddhartha vijana mahiya sah bhakti sanyogena samitya doksa dokṣajan Tada! At that time, Puman, the living entity, Mukta, liberated, bandanahā from all material obstacles on the path of devotional service. From all on all Tat, bhava, Tat bhava of the situation of the Supreme Lord's activities. Supreme Lord's activities. Bhava, bhava by thinking, thinking anukritta made, made similar asaya akritihi whose mind and body body, nirdagdha nirdagdha, completely burned up up. bija Bija. the seed or original cause of material existence existence. Anushayaha Anushayaha. desire Desire. mahiyasa Mahiyasa, very powerful powerful. Bhakti, bhakti of devotional service Prayogina, prayogina by the application, by application sameti, sameti achieves, achieves adhokshajam adhok the Supreme Personality, Godhead, Supreme Personality of Godhead who is beyond the reach of the material mind and knowledge. Translation in purple by Śrīla Prabhupāda. Yeah. The devotee is then freed from all material contamination because he constantly thinks of the Lord's pastimes and because his mind and body have been converted to spiritual qualities. Because of his intense devotional service, his ignorance, material consciousness and all kinds of material desires are completely burnt to ashes. This is the stage at which one can achieve the shelter of the Lord's lotus feet. Purport. When a devotee is completely purified, he becomes anyabilashita, shunya In other words, all of his material desires become zero, being burnt to ashes, and he exists either as the Lord's servant, friend, father, mother, or conjugal lover. Because one thinks constantly in this way, one's present, mature body and mind are fully spiritualized, and the needs of one's mature body completely vanish from one's existence. An iron rod put into a fire becomes warmer and warmer, and when it is red-hot, it is no longer an iron rod, but fire. Similarly, when a devotee constantly thinks in devotional service, and thinks of the Lord in his original Krishna consciousness, he no longer has any material activities, for his body is spiritualized. Advancement in Krishna consciousness is very powerful, and therefore, even during this life, such a devotee has achieved the shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord. This transcendental ecstatic existence of a devotee was completely exhibited by Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In this regard, Srila Madhvacharya writes as follows Tadbhava Bhava the ecstatic condition of devotional service was completely exhibited by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who sometimes danced, sometimes cried, sometimes sang, sometimes remained silent, and sometimes chanted the holy name of the Lord. That is perfect spiritual existence. O Magyanati Mirandasya Gyananjanaha Shalakaya Chakshud Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Pishtam Stapitam Yena Botale Swayam Rupakara Maiham Namas reshta manumapi, sachi putramatra, swarupam, rupam tasya urupurim, maturin, gohosta, vritim, radha kundigrivera mahoda di madava asam praptoyasa patita kripaya, sri gurum tam natosmi. Tadapuma muktasa must abandon us. Tarbava kritihi. Nidagda bijan shayo bhakti-yopra-yogena doksha The devotee is then freed from all material contamination because he constantly thinks of the Lord's pastimes and because his mind and body have been converted to spiritual qualities. Because of his intense devotional service, his ignorance, material consciousness and all kinds of material desires are completely burnt to ashes. This is the stage at which one can achieve the shelter of the Lord's lotus feet. Srila Prabhupada begins his purport to this very wonderful verse in Shrimad Bhagavatam by referencing the verse of Rupa Goswami. Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami are two of Lord Chaitanya's eternal servants. When Lord when Rupa Goswami and when Lord Chaitanya came to Ramkeli, he went there for the purpose to meet Rupa and Sanatana. That was his ultimate purpose to go to Ramkeli. When he went there, Rupa and Sanatan put straw between their teeth and they approached Lord Chaitanya and they were, they were Presenting themselves as the most fallen, they said Jaga and Madai are like saints compared to us. Jaga and Madai, you know, they've practically done nothing compared to what we've done. We've given up our caste. We don't have any, we don't have any position in the system. We're, we've been serving the Muslim for so long. We've taken on their culture. We've, we've imbibed their culture and their means, and even their names, Sabiakash and Dabiakash and Malik. We have the names of Muslims, the titles of the Muslims. So they are presenting themselves in a very, very humble way. And of course they are very exalted personalities, and um, they are the great Acharyas in our Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, after some time, he said, "Stop it! You know, stop all this self, you know, depri- deprivation. This putting yourself down. You're my both of you, Dui Bai. You two brothers are my uh, moi, um, Puratanadas. you have been my servants forever. You're my old servants. I know who you are. Don't put on this facade. Don't put on this fake stuff of being um, very humble. Very um." fallen souls, your great devotees. So then, after this connection with Rupa and Sanatan, he gives them the name, Rupa and Sanatan. and afterwards he meets them, he meets Rupa Goswami in Ahalabad, in Prayag, and he meets Sanatan Goswami for 10 days in Ahalabad, and he meets Sanatan Goswami for 2 months in Varanasi. And there he instructs them and he empowers them, It says in one verse in the uh, Rupa Goswami, he says that Lord Chaitanya empowered Rupa Goswami in the same way that Krishna inspired, empowered Lord Brahma to create the universe. Rupa Goswami was empowered by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to recreate Krishna's pastimes and and to bring Krishna back to to the consciousness of the fallen conditioned souls to the material world. So Lord Brahma created the universe and Rupa Goswami created the Krishna consciousness. So the Krishna Consciousness Movement, the seed of the Krishna Consciousness Movement, is coming from the, from the, the depth of the philosophical realizations of the Goswamis, particularly Sanatana and Rupa Goswami. And so, Rupa Goswami had compiled many, many wonderful books, but one of the most important books of Rupa Goswami is the Nectar Devotion, which Śrīla Prabhupāda translated very early on in, in the piece. And he translated it as a, as a running summary, as as, as a, a commentary, more than a word for word. He didn't give word for word or verse for verse. Um, but Prabhupada chose to, to paraphrase, paraphrase Rupa Goswami's translation, and to capture the essence of every aspect of Rupa Goswami's instructions, just in English, for the very first time. Not for the very first time, but. For the first time in that style of writing, you can say, in a, a free flowing commentary style, Prabhupada presented the Nectar Devotion, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. There were translations, a Gaudiya translation and some scholarly translations, of course, of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. But Shuddha Prabhupada's, um, transla- eh, Prabhupada's presentation of the Nectar Devotion had captured the, 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 the essence of, the, of Rupa Goswami's Bhakti and that is something that is very unique because you can't get that through a literal translation you can't get that even through a contextual translation it has to come from bhakti, bhakti comes from bhakti it can't come from the intellect, it can't come from the mind it, it, comes, from, it's a, it comes from somebody who is engaged in devotional service who is a, a bhakta. so Rupa Goswami imbibed this and, and gave this empowered Shila Prabhupada at the Radhamadhab Temple to to compose this wonderful literature, and anyway, this verse Anyaabilashita Shunyam, zeroed of all your other desires, is one of the most important verses in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. It's because it's a definition. In the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami gives definitions and he he gives synthesis. He he brings in. He brings in points from many, many literatures, from Puranas and from, from different Vedic literatures, from Upanishad tradition, from, from many, many places. You'll read um, different evidences that is present that, that he presents to um, support different claims for the potency of devotional service or for the importance of deity worship or for the importance of association of the devotees every single point in, in, the, in the 64 items of devotional Service, he provides evidence. It's not something that he just concocted and thought, here's 64 really cool points for doing bhakti. No, these 64 points came from scripture, they came from, from shastra, from different shastras, and sometimes from very, very different esoteric shastras. Rupa Goswami has extracted them and presented them in this synthesis of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So here we have the definition of pure bhakti, bhakti utama. What is that what is that samyak bhakti? What is the best bhakti? The most the perfect bhakti. And perfect bhakti has no we have no desire. The devotee is freed from desire. And in this translation it says that the, 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 the desire is is burnt, completely burnt to ashes. The desire to engage in material sense gratification, to engage in anything other than bhakti is not a question, it does, it's not, doesn't register in the consciousness because of the intense performance of bhakti. Tivrena bhakti yogena, yirte purusham param, in the second canto of the Bhagavatam. In a very wonderful chapter, in the third chapter of the Bhagavatam, it, Prabhupada entitles this chapter, Pure Devotional Service, the Change of Heart. And in other traditions, in, in other translations, you'll read that, that the Chapter is called the Devatas, right? The, the Devatas in one, in, in one, and then Prabhupada's title for the chapter is Pure Devotional Service, Change in Heart, and the change in heart comes because the first ten verses in that chapter are describing how to um, how to get strength, how to get fame, how to get renunciation, how to get good health, how to get good association, how to get promotion—all different things that we do when we pray to the Devatas. There, in the first ten, ten verses, you can say, first nine verses. And then in the tenth verse, it says, Whatever you desire, akama savakamo, moksha kamo darati. If you want moksha, if you want, if you want mature desires, whatever you have in your heart, do bhakti. And bhakti will burn those desires. If you engage in the process of bhakti, tivrena, intense bhakti. Like it's Prabhupada translated that tivrena, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, as when the rays of the sun, they're completely focused together, they're not splayed out. They're, they're, when we were little kids in the autumn season, we used to gather all the dry leaves that, that had fallen off the trees, and you have you know bright sunny days in Melbourne sometimes. And the sun's coming down, and we would put all the dry leaves there with a magnifying glass, and the, the, the sun would come through, and the rays would become very intense, like at one spot, of light on the leaf, and the leaf would, after some time, would go into flames. That was our, our break time fun at school, gathering the leaves and, and burning the leaves, and watching the... the so this, that was tivrena, very intense, very focused. The, the magnifying glass focuses the sunshine to a very intense point where it becomes hot and it burns to ashes, the leaf, or whatever you put in front of it. So bhakti, when it's tivrena, it becomes very intense and it will burn to, to ashes all of our material desires, will burn to ashes all of our concoctions, all of our misconceptions, all of our misunderstandings, all of our illusion will be burnt to ashes when we engage in, in intense bhakti. mamcha-yo-vyabhicharina bhakti yoga sevate That bhakti should be mamcha-yo-vyabhicharina abhicharina means that it's very, very there's nothing else, only bhakti is there. And that's when we can transcend the modes of material nature. That verse comes at the end of the 14th chapter where Krishna has described the modes of material nature, how the modes act on us, how they bind us, how they influence us in all different spheres of our existence and how, they, how we can be liberated from the modes. And that's the secret. The secret of being liberated from the modes of material nature is to do bhakti, to do devotional service, and Prabhupada presented that bhakti, the whole process of bhakti, in in the Krishna Consciousness movement, and he he says that in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, that all of these processes of these intense processes of bhakti have been have been brought together in one program of the Krishna Consciousness program, where the devotees and where the devotees engage in activities, which at first they may not seem so significant. At first they may not seem to be acting, at first. we may not seem to be coming completely free from all material desires. But as the rod, Prabhupada quotes this very famous analogy in this purport, the rod that goes into the fire, into the furnace, it doesn't become fire straight away. It's still still iron when it goes in there, and it takes time for it to get red-hot. And even when it's red-hot, it's still not fire and then it becomes white and poof, it becomes fire. You pull it out and the blacksmith will put it on the anvil and he can, he can <coughs> manipulate it according to and make tools according to his expertise. And that was possible because of the intense heat of the fire. So this, um, this, this metaphor of the fire in Bhakti is very Sankirtan fire. That's why we say fired up. You fire it up in bhakti means you fire it up means you're burning all of your material desires. All your material desires are being burnt. And in the fourth chapter of the Gita, we have reference to that. That when you when one is engaged in the process, when one has developing this knowledge, transcendental knowledge, then all of our all of the material desires are burnt to ashes. It's a very common um, metaphor that's used in the Vedic literatures, but particularly in in reference to burning up our material desires because we, have to, they, we need to have something very intense to burn that. We need to really turn up the heat on our material desires because we have been cultivating them for many millions of lifetimes and in order to, to destroy them we need to do something very, very serious and focused. That's, um, that is the, that um, one pointed, tasmadi ekeena manasa Bhagavan Saptatampati, to with one pointed focus worship the Sattvatampati, worship Krishna with one pointed focus, and by that focus we'll become successful. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the personification, or the, he, he exemplifies this bhakti. His pastimes are very um, wonderful meditation, and here it says that when you meditate, constantly think of the Lord's pastimes. Then the mind and the body become converted into spiritual, into spiritual qualities. They become converted by meditating on the Lord, meditating on Lord Chaitanya as a, as a child, meditating on Lord Chaitanya's transcendental pastimes, uh, his marriage pastime, his marriage pastimes, meditating on Lord Chaitanya's touring, touring as, as a great scholar, meditating on Lord Chaitanya defeating the Dig Vijay. These pastimes are very, very pleasing to the ear. In the beginning of the chapter, of the, in the Trinavata, in the 10th canto of Bhagavatam, it says that the, these pastimes, yen yen a bhagavan haririshvara, these pastimes, the avatars of Krishna, the different pastimes of Krishna, are very, very attractive to hear. Um, for manogyanī, for, for the karna um, karoti, for the mind, for the ear and for the mind, they're very, very pleasing, they're purifying. And in the second verse, uh, Purikshit Maharaj is encouraging Sukadeva Goswami to speak, speak more, speak more about the pastimes of Krishna. I want to hear, we just heard the whole ninth can- nine cantos of avatars, and, and now we want to hear about Krishna's Balalila, his transcendental pastimes as a boy. And that is all attractive and purifying. Satvam ca sudjet Achidena pumsam that anybody who hears this pastimes of krishna their their their, their material desires with krishna will be completely destroyed achidan in a very quick time they will be destroyed by just hearing the pastime of krishna and therefore we institute this krishna book reading right krishna book just to hear krishna book to hear the pastimes of chaitanya mahaprabhu that will do that will do the work very quickly bhakti hetu tat purushe chasakyaṁ. Three things will come. When you, when you focus on bhakti, when you focus on hearing and chanting about Krishna's transcendental pastimes, then you'll become attached to devotional service. You'll get attraction for Krishna. You'll become attached to bhakti, the attraction for Krishna, and you'll get the association of the devotees, association, friendship, Prabhupada says, chasakyaṁ, that friendship of the devotees who give the contribution of Krishna consciousness. That's Prabhupada's extended translation. We get the association of the devotees who give, this, who give the contribution of Krishna consciousness through the association of the devotees, through friendship with the devotees. So it's a very rare thing that we have this sangha, this association, because the devotees are giving us bhakti, they're giving us Krishna. They're giving us the opportunity to remember Krishna. So Lord Chaitanya, he, in his touring of South India, we, we we've been reading in the previous verses, about very high levels of bhakti, very high levels of what Prahlad is, is, is teaching his classmates, who he's reinforcing the lessons that he taught to his classmates by giving this higher standard of bhakti. And he got there gradually, this high standard of bhakti, where, where the hands, hairs stand on end and where you act like a madman and you're completely oblivious to social norms and references, the very high level of devotional service. Um, but that is something that is not achieved straight away. First of all, we have to have shraddha. First of all, we develop our faith in the process. We become convinced, uh, slightly convinced, in Krishna consciousness. And then it's a gradual process through adāśvara tattu sadhu sangha, through association of devotees. Just to get the association of devotees is such a rare thing. And then, we begin, then we, when we become fixed in that association of the devotees, We we can contemplate um, taking initiation from a bona fide spiritual master, and then when we have that connection, we engage in bhajanakriya. And from the bhajan from bhajanakriya, we get the we start to become anarthanivritti. We start to remove all those things which are not necessary, all those things in the heart that are that are obstacles that create a barrier between our our real self and Krishna. That, that process. So it's a gradual process, like the iron rod in the fire. It's a gradual process. It doesn't become fire straight away. We don't become, we're not madmen straight away. I mean, we had some madmen here just before, but other than that, we don't, we're not madmen straight away. It takes some time to become a madman. Right? You need qualification to become madman. And that qualification is, is we have to develop our attachment for Krishna, attraction for bhakti, we have to develop our, our, our love for the Lord, asakti, that we, we don't have any other asakti, we don't have any other attachment for anything else in the material world but just Krishna. And that's high level, high level stuff. At the moment we're practicing. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was teaching that. He was teaching to Rupa Goswami, he was teaching to Sanatana Goswami, he was giving them this knowledge. So he, was, he wasn't he was just at the end of his lifetime in, in 18 years in Jagannath Puri, experiencing the highest separations of of Lord from from Krishna, but during the day that was nighttime with very intimate associates, with a handful of devotees. But during the day he was doing sankirtan, he was having darshan of Jagannath, he was doing all of his normal activities. So it was only it's not that we just when we hear about this, we think, well, none of us have made success because we're not mad men, you know, we're not just, hairs aren't standing on end, we're not crying, we're not frothing at the mouth, we're not shivering, we don't have heripalations, we don't have goosebumps when we chant Hare Krishna, so we're not making any progress. We are making progress, but it's a gradual process. And that, that the progress that we make may not, not, may, may not always be obvious, and observable, tangible, but it, it's something that that is happening to us and, and it's keeping us here in the Association of Devotees. I wanted to reference a few pastimes of devotees who did this Tivrena Bhakti. And you can see Tivrena Bhakti everywhere here in the temple and in all of Prabhupada's temples. You can see very focused devotional service, the quality of the puja, the quality of the devote of the, of the deity worship, is an example of Thivriyana Bhakti. And so many devotees are involved in that, not just the devotee who dresses the Lord or the devotee who offers the, the incense, but many devotees are doing making garlands, and many devotees are contemplating how to make festivals, and many devotees are making jewellery, and many devotees are, are buying things for Krishna, and sweeping Krishna's floor and everything. So many, many devotees are engaged in this process, and that is purifying the heart. That is burning the material desires. The more we do it, the more more the material desires are burnt to ashes. And we become free from the lower modes, we become free from envy of other, other devotees, free from envy of other living entities. We become free from anger and frustration and bewilderment and illusion <clears throat> but by, just by engaging in a simple process of devotional service. In 1972, that was a long time ago, not many of you were born in 1972. <laughs> Mahatma Bhu was, and a few others. But in 1972, in December 1972, the first book marathon was discovered in Los Angeles. 22nd of December, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of December, three-day marathon. Wow, three-day marathon. The devotees before the marathon, before they discovered the marathon, Ramesh Prabhu tells the story. He's a great storyteller. He tells a story that on the twenty-second of December, he was out. He was one of the great Sankitan warriors. He was like the general. He took everybody out, and everybody followed what he said. Not just in Los Angeles, the whole world. I don't know if you can find, but we used to listen to these tapes in the in the eighties. We used to listen to these tapes by Ramesh Ruppur. One was called. Sankirtan Yagya or something like that and it was about just the power and potency of engaging in Sankirtan, doing the book distribution. Anyway, so he was a very, very influential person, very close to Srila Prabhupada and um, he was out one night at one of these big department stores in America and it was one of the first years that they had the shops open before Christmas till midnight. Of course now they're open for 24 hours, but in 1972 and they weren't open probably in Australia, but in America they started this midnight opening, closing. So he thought, wow, midnight. I could stay out here really late and keep distributing books, magazines and books. So he stayed out and it got to 10 o'clock and he was thinking, oh, the devotees must be back at the temple. He should go back. He should stop at 10 o'clock. He's had a, a good day. He should go back to the temple. And then he drove past another same department store and it was open, it was packed. He said the one he was at was like getting really quiet. It was like 9 o'clock and it was really quieting down. But he drove past another one that was jam-packed and he was thinking, should I go in there? And I, can, I could distribute some more books. But he said, no, no, the devotees will be all back at the temple. They'll be worrying, worrying what happened to Rameshra. Where is he? You know, he didn't come back. We've got to do our collection. We've got to do our, our count-up. How many books we distributed? So he went back to the temple. And when he got back to the temple, there was only one devotee there the secretary. He was there, only one devotee, and all the other devotees were out. All the other devotees discovered that the stores are open till midnight, they're going to stay out there till midnight. So they all came back at 12 o'clock at night. And Rameshra was waiting for them. He's the only one there with the secretary. And they all came back this beaming like, we just distributed like thousands of books. And in, in one day, they distributed 6,000 books. Previous record, 40 to 50 books. 40 books to, to 5,000, 6,000 books. In three days of the marathon, so they came back and it was like 1.30, and they'd already, they would counted up their book scores, and they put it in, it was like, 6,000 books, 22nd of December, or 5,000 books, 22nd of December. 23rd of December, of course, everybody stayed out. They all knew, this is it. We're on the marathon now. We, we founded a marathon. So they all stayed out, and they came back again, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the night, counted their books, 6,000 books. In three days, they, made, they distributed 17,000 books. <laughs> so that was the first Christmas Marathon, discovery of Christmas Marathon. Then, of course, that was worldwide. It went, it went wild, that everybody should get out there. Christmas Marathon shops are open, get out there. So they extended to a week, and then they extended to a fortnight, they extended to a month. And the rest is, is history. And, and many other amazing stories that you can read in it, in so many Prabhupada biographies. I mean, one of the most important and relishable books that the devotees should have in their libraries is Prabhupada biographies. There's so many of them now. Another one comes out every year. And um, one time we were in Vrindavan and we were hearing some of the Prabhupada disciples in Prabhupada's rooms in the evening time. They were having the discussions, talk. And Gagamuni Prabhu was there, and Malati Mataji, and many of the original devotees from New York are there. And of course they're really churning nectar, and Prabhupada's room was jam-packed, you can't move in there, because the word got out. You know, Gagamuni, he was giving class every day, but then someone said, Malati's going to talk tonight, and this one's going to talk tonight, so everybody got in there. And Malati, one thing that really stuck in my mind, a few things that stuck in my mind, but one thing was Malati Mataji, she said, First time she went to Vrindavan, she had her daughter with her, Saraswati. And when she got to Vrindavan, it was night time, midnight, like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. And there was no Krishna Balaramandir. There was no guest house at the Mandir. There was no Mandir, right? So there was no guest house. There was definitely no MVT. And um, there, there wasn't even Biharila. There was nobody there. There was just, they were out in the, in the sticks, a long way away from any bazaar anywhere, so she got there, somehow she got there, out to Ramanretti. and with her child, the Sarasvati in her hand, she, she slept under a tree, first night in Vrindavan, she slept under a tree, and she said the only reason why they're in Vrindavan, the only reason why they, they went to the holy dam, was to serve Prabhupada. Because Prabhupada told them to go and to, to do something there, they went there. Otherwise, they never considered going to Vrindavan or to Mayapur to do anything else, not for holiday or for sightseeing or for relaxation, I'm working too hard. They only went there to work, they only went there to do service. It was the only reason. They didn't have any other reason. Not many of us go to the dharm now because the spiritual master tells us, you have to go there and do this service. and set We go there to enjoy the dharm, to experience the nice bliss, feel happy, right? joyful. But she went there just for serving Prabhupada. And all the devotees said the same thing. Gagamunipu and everyone said, yes, we, we only went to the dam for that purpose, just to serve. And, and Yimuna, in Yamuna's book, um, it's a, an amazing book, it's been in the upstairs for a long time, and Nityanandipu said, not many devotees buy that book. I don't know why. It's probably one of the best books of, of, of an early devotee who demonstrates in her whole life Thivadena Bhakti Yogana. The whole life is just focused bhakti. Um, so in that book she explains that they, she was, or not she, but the devotees who are writing the book, they say that Yamuna Devi, she would run from service service. She wouldn't just walk, she would run to her next service and run to the next service, and run to the next service. And service was all day. It didn't stop. It went from, from 3.30 in the morning, or she got up earlier than that. Imani used to get up very early in the morning, until 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. And during the day, nothing, it, it was just going from one thing to another, there was no stop. And therefore the material desires were burnt quickly. And the devotees made rapid, rapid advancement because of doing this guru Nishta, because of serving Siddha Prabhupāda, because of whatever Siddha Prabhupāda said, they did. They did without even a question. Prabhupāda told them to do this. And Prabhupāda was so grateful for their service. If you read Siddha Prabhupāda's letters, he's saying every, in every letter, I'm so, so grateful for what you're doing for, for the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to spread Lord Chaitanya's mission. Many, many letters are the same thing especially around the book distribution, when that all came out, he was like, he said, if you continue to do this service, you will certainly go back home, back to Godhead in this life. If you continue to do this um, book distribution, and to spread Krishna consciousness, you go back to Godhead in this life. And he said it many times to many devotees, he said to Jagatarini Mataji, you'll go back to Godhead, just give this one life to Krishna and you'll go back to Godhead. So, um, there are so many stories. One, one very wonderful story that many devotees know is the the prabhupad when he's walking on Venice Beach, and he's very frustrated because the devotees are not producing his books, and they just made two big buildings full of the latest technology, with all this amazing, you know, um, separation work and all this incredible technology for producing books. Old technology but incredible latest printing press stuff. And when Prabhupada saw it, he was so happy to see it. He said, I dreamed of having this in India, to have this facility for book distribution, for book printing, publishing. But he said, what's the use of this technology if you're so slow in producing books? One book was taking four months. And they had a a backlog of books, you know, third canto, fourth canto books. Prabhupada had already translated them, but they weren't being published. So he was very frustrated. And then he translated he, the Bhagavad of Chaitanya Charitamrita, and just sitting there, 17 volumes. And so Prabhupada said to Rameshra and Radha Balabhavals, he said to them on the morning walk that. He said to them. Thank you. He said to them on the morning walk. That you produce this Chaitanya Charitamrita in two months. They were doing one book in four months, 17 volumes in two months. And Ramesh was doing the maths and he's thinking, that's impossible, that's crazy. We can't do 17 books in two months if we can't do one, we do one book in four months. He was calculating and he said, Prabhupada, that's impossible. We can't do like that. And that's when Prabhupada said the famous thing, impossible is a word in a fool's dictionary. And Radha was like, went to um, Rameshra said to Radha Balabha, like Prabhupada just wants these, can't read Chodhamrita Published in, in two months? Everyone said, no, it can't be done. So Prabhupada, they, they fell back and there's a whole description, they're standing there on the beach and all the Prabhupada continues walking with Tamar Krishna mm-hmm. and everybody else. And these two are stuck and they say, okay, Prabhupada's desire, he's, asked us, he's, he's demanding that we publish these books in two months, what can we do? So they went back to the printing press, they went back to the, and they had a meeting with all the devotees and the artists who were working there. And he said something happened in the meeting, something mystical happened. Because obviously you can't make 17 books in two months, it's impossible. At that rate, if they're only doing one in four months. So at the meeting everybody agreed, yeah, this is, we can do that. We can easily do 17 books in two months, and he came out of the meeting thinking, "What? What happens? You know, <laughs> you can't do 70 books in two months, but everyone's saying we can do 70 books in two months." So, and we know the rest is history. The artist stayed up 20, They had 20, they had 24-hour shifts, and one painter, an artist, don't like doing this, but one painter, one artist would do some, one part of the canvas, and then she would paint for eight hours, and then have a rest, and the next artist would come on the same canvas and keep working for another eight hours, and another artist would come in and keep painting on the same canvas. So the same picture, the same painting would have three artists working on the same, same painting. So they did 24-hour shifts, and the, everybody else did that, not just the artists. Everybody did this amazing service. And people, there was a whole army of devotees who were looking after everybody that was focused. So they were focused on looking after the devotees. Who were focused on on publishing, on on typesetting, on editing, on doing the Bengali editing, and, and making all the um, prints ready, and the um, pictures going to India and taking the pictures of all the holy places and the temples and everything like that. And um, there was many, many devotees involved in that in that program, the marathon. So that is a, a wonderful example of early pioneering Tivariana Bhakti yoga. That that's that's focus, that focus burned to ashes, mature desires, and the devotees there, how would there be time for any kind of conflict or any kind of of, of short you know short small talk or or envy or anything like that, anger. It what didn't it didn't come in the equation because everybody was so focused on on their bhakti that pure bhakti, Bilashita shunyam It's completely freed from material attachment, and completely free from from any form of mental speculation. And that's where, when we get to that stage, Prabhupada said, that's when we can begin to surrender to Krishna. It sounds like we surrendered already, but when we got there, now you can surrender to Krishna. It's like, okay, I thought we were surrendered already. I thought we were doing that, but that's when we get to surrender to Krishna. I'll finish off with a, a nice meditation for today, and that's um, one of my favourite verses from Kinkula Shekha in Mukunda Malastotra. And according to many devotees, this is one of Prabhupada's favourite verses. He quoted it many times. He he sung this verse as a bhajan on the first one of the first records in his God. Um And in that verse, it says that let the swan, of, the, 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 the swan of my, the, the king of my mind, um, Raja Hamsa, the swan of the, the mind, let it be entangled in the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality Godhead. Let me, let me focus there, because that is, the, that is the place where I want to be right now. I, I might not be able to get there later on. Um, there might be so many obstacles but at the moment if i get there then i'll be able to burn to ashes all my sinful activities and focus on the supreme lord so be entangled, into, entangled in entangled in the lotus feet of the supreme lord that is the safest position to be in that um, krishna tvadiya parapanga japanjarantam adyayameva shatumanasaraja Sarajahangsa. So that is is that. That is a place where we go to when we are surrendered to Krishna, we are at his lotus feet. And that, that lotus feet, they are there for everybody. Krishna's lotus feet, he he's expands, it says that Lord Caitanya expands the flavor of his lotus feet so that we can become attracted to him. It's one of the ways that Lord Caitanya attracts the conditioned souls, he expands the flavor of his lotus feet. The various rasas and tastes that we get from being entangled in the lotus the of the Lord so we'll finish there and ask if there are any reflections or comments questions um, Mahatma Prabhu just beat you by in time and in age <laughs> Hare Krishna, uh, uh you have got so much experience in London everywhere New Zealand, all the places. How to constantly think of the Lord's lotus feet? Give us some realization, please. Thank you. In the the Gita, uh, Krishna says that to Arjuna, and Arjuna is in a difficult situation, and many of us, we'll find ourselves in difficult situations in this lifetime. And at that time, Krishna is saying that you should think of me and do your service. So in, if we continue to engage in doing service, think, thinking of Krishna, then Krishna says that the, with the mind and the intelligence, māme vāishyaśya Samsaya, without a doubt, we'll be successful. Tasmat saveshu issue in that verse Mam um, Anusmara just think of Krishna and do your engage in your bhakti do your service and without a doubt you will come to me. So to always think of Krishna is if we're doing something for somebody we're thinking of them it's just natural we don't have to do it it's not an artificial thing it's not something extra that okay I'm doing this I'm making this preparation um, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm looking after this uh, personality, I can't not but think of them, it's, it's for them. If I have a child and I'm looking after the child, I'm caring for the child who's sick, of course I'm thinking of the child and the welfare of the child and, and what's happening with the child, and I'm going to make all arrangements so that the child is, is well looked after. And it, so I'm doing everything and I'm thinking of the child at the same time. And in Krishna Consciousness, if if we continue to engage in service, and that is the thing that Sri Prabhupada really gave to to everybody, was bhakti, was service. So many other temples are there, and in the temples you won't find service, opportunities, so much service, particularly knowledge of service, why you're doing something. Service might be there. But why you're doing these things, it's not so clear, and it's not so well articulated, it's not so well formulated. So the, the service aspect that Śrīla Prabhupāda gave was the most um, important contribution that he gave, he gave devotional service. And devotional service means remembering Krishna. When you're doing your bhakti, you're remembering Krishna. You might not be remembering him all the time, and you might not be having visualizations of Krishna's transcendental pastimes while you're chanting, but we know that the process, these five potent processes of bhakti, are the way and the means for remembering Krishna. So it's not artificial. And by hearing, by hearing the pastimes of the Lord, we remember what we, what, we, what we expose ourselves to, particularly from a young age, but at, at any age, but particularly from a young age, we, the, the impressions are very um, profound, you can say. We can remember things from when we were very, very young, Things that we heard, particularly you know, songs and jingles and things—they're there, and without any without any reason, they might come into the mind. But if, if those impressions, when of, for for the children of our devotees, if they're about Krishna's pastimes and activities and bhajans and and kirtan, that was what comes to the mind, and that's um, a really it's like an immersion process. If you want sometimes. They, they have this immersion system in, in learning a second language. You go to the country and you just immerse yourself and you have all your education in that language, in the target language, and you never speak your mother tongue. But you're not supposed to speak it. So that's immersion. And all the impression is just to hear, the samskaras to hear the language, the new language, and to pick up as much as you can, and to start to, in, in baby steps, to start to to articulate in that language. So in the same way, we immerse ourselves in Krishna consciousness, immerse ourselves in the culture of Krishna and we start to, in baby steps, to speak about Krishna, to talk about Krishna, to share Krishna with others and the more we do it, the more deep the impressions become. Yes, Mataji? Mike. Oh, sorry, Prabhupada. Thank you, Prabhu. Um, (coughs) um, These days we um, focus on um, Thivarin and Bhakti Yoga in our sadhana. Some fortunate souls may be focusing um, fully on sharing Krishna Consciousness with the world around us. Mm -hmm. Um, I've always tried to avoid that as a sensitive, artistic, character (laughs) so um, do you have any suggestions on how we can apply that focus um, to sharing Krishna consciousness with the community around us Mm. yeah I think you're, you're already sharing Krishna consciousness even though you think you're not sharing Krishna consciousness because of your service because every year year in and year out you do the service and you provide so much background um, support for devotees that that is a way that we share Krishna consciousness. We don't always have to be the one up the front, doing the the fanning the Lord and to to, to do all the um, you know speaking from the asana and and uh, leading the big kirtan. That's that's important that we have devotees who take that role in that position. But every devotee has um, the the contribution that every devotee makes is important and it's, it's always um, acknowledged by the spiritual nasa and acknowledged by Krishna. All of our services are seen on an equal level, our bhakti. So um, That sharing Krishna consciousness comes in such a, a, multi, a variety of, of, of aspects of our life a variety of ways that we can share Krishna consciousness with others and we all have a different psychophysical nature in which we're engaging in to become purified and the way we do that, that is our individuality and Krishna Prabhupada never wants us to deny our individuality. We have individual inclinations, we have individual conditioning and that conditioning is something that we should embrace, that conditioning is something that that you can become a great devotee from be, being very um, extrovert and very powerful and very um, you know, um, upfront and you can become a, a very great devotee by being also introvert and being internal and cultivating your relationship with Krishna and others in a more kind of um, subtle way. But it doesn't mean that somebody who's extrovert is not humble. It doesn't mean that if somebody's not ext- if somebody's upfront that they're not developing qualities of of simplicity and humility and and straightforwardness. It's just that that's their their nature. So getting to just becoming comfortable with our nature and Krishna consciousness is a very important part of preaching. Otherwise, we we want to project ourselves as, as something we're not and we get all twisted up and we don't know who we are in the end and we just, we, we forget it. And we, and in that process we're not really burning to ashes the material desires because they're not our material desires, they're some, they're, they're, we're acting in a different capacity. So, I always encourage devotees, young and old, and in between, to be comfortable with their Person, personality and to use that personality that's attractive. Whatever we have is attractive and Prabhupada was the master of fanning the spark. He saw, he was the Bhavagrahijanādana, personification. He saw something good and he fanned it until it became a, an inferno, that it became so prominent and nobody else could see that thing. And many people, many devotees recollect how Prabhupada acknowledged them for doing something that wasn't even very, very prominent, wasn't even very successful, wasn't even... Like, one, one that comes to mind that is very interesting and many devotees know her, she comes here, is um, Narayani Mataji. Narayani Mataji, when she was a young devotee, it was Janmasthami, she might have told the story here, but she's told us many times, Janmasthami day, and she was with Prabhupada's sister. And all prop the devotees are reading the book. So Narayani is reading English Krishna book the whole night. And then Pishima says to Prabhupada that Narayani, she is a great sadhu. She's reading this Sanskrit. She's reading this this tenth canto of Bhagavatam. She's she's doing like Bhagavat Katha all night. She's doing. She's reading Krishna book, right? And then Prabhupada blessed her. And in in the association of many scholars and very important personalities in Vrindavan, I think, Prabhupada had her to speak. He said, that, uh, he, he said to the scholars and to the devotees that this Narayani Mataji, this, this lady here, she's a very, she's a great scholar. And she didn't know anything. She said she could hardly read. She didn't know anything. She, he, she, she's a great scholar. She, she's a great sadhu of Bhagavatam. She can read, she, she's a scholar of the Śrīmad-Bhāgavatam <laughs> and she didn't know anything. She could only just read Krishna book. And then at the end she becomes like a sadhu. She's, she's pre- preaching Krishna consciousness all over the world, left, right, center, and, you know, writing books on Bhagavatam, because Prabhupāda acknowledged that and, and fanned her spark and she wasn't even a sadhu, she wasn't even a scholar. Perhaps many devotees tell stories like that that Prabhupada identified one small thing in them and that's what they became. Even Yamuna, I mean, in her cooking, her first experience with Prabhupada was, was you know, in the kitchen for her sister's wedding. She didn't know anything, right? She was completely no culture at all. She had the wrong dress, she had the wrong habits, she had everything wrong, upside down, back to front. She couldn't do anything right. But because of that first connect with Prabhupada, she became one of the greatest Books in the world. Her her books became so famous she won many awards for her great that vegetarian cuisine book. That that big book. Uh, by the blessings of the spiritual master. Pavitra first, and then did you still want to ask your question? Uh, yeah. yeah, Ask. Prabhu, um, thank you for your wonderful class. You were at the end speaking on um, Divrhena Bhakti Yoga and you gave a lot of examples of devotees who practice that. We see in their lives a lot of them were like full time in the temple and stuff. Um, for us who are just beginning bhakti and at times we have our highs where we're very serious and it, and we go back down. How we how can we um, make that Divrhena Bhakti Yoga more consistent? How do we bring that consistency into our our practice of devotional service? Mm. That's a very good question. They, they were, everyone was in the temple in those days. There was no, practically nobody outside the temple. And so there was nothing else to do but and Bhakti Yogi, that was all you did. You're either in or you're out. Um, so nowadays we have expanded, and this similar question was asked to me last night, not so philosophically you know, pointed toward bhakti, but um, where did the devotees go to? One of my in-laws asked me, well, how come the devotees aren't on the street? I said, they're on the street, you're just not on the street. But the point is that we used to be all on the street, right? Everybody was on the street. I met a proper disciple, an old, not, not a Prabhupada, but I met an older devotee from the 70s, yesterday. And um, you know, he just looks like a regular guy. I'll, you know, grey hair and slicked backed and looked like a regular guy with a pair of jeans. And uh, you know, I said hello to him and greeted him, and he said Harry Ball. Okay, so Harry Ball. And, okay. said, Hurry ball. <laughs> and then uh, he said, "Yeah, like in 1973, I was here in the temple, and and uh, I had my spot on the corner of Brook Street and Swanson Street. And uh, I used to be running from the from the um, the police all day. And uh, he said, those were the best days of my life.'" Now he's whatever he's he's still of course he's still a devotee he's he's recognised that that was the best days of his life Um, so um, I think now that we've kind of grown up as a movement and um, in the early days there was no older people I said that the other day that you know when we joined the oldest devotee would have been forty years old and. um, you know, we had gurus who were 26, 27 years old and um, you could have been a guru, Paritra. <laughs> you came at the wrong time, man. <laughs> you missed out. So, we, you know, it was a very young movement and it was an evolving movement. It was a pioneering movement, for the examples that I gave this morning. And, but I also wanted to get, you know, I also mentioned examples of today of devotees who are doing the puja here, doing the service here, that this is the same level of Tivarena. It might be even a higher level because there's more refinement and more nuanced and more culturally aligned, you can say, it, with more knowledge. Because in the early days, <laughs> there was hardly any books, so nobody knew why we we're doing what we we're doing. It's just the, the devotees were doing it because Bhak Prabhupada taught them to do it. So, um, now what do we do? How do we increase our intensity? We become regulated, that's the most important thing, Um, particularly when we're in good health and we're in good shape and we have the capacity, then we become regulated. Because that discipline, that, that really, the discipline helps, that regulation disciplines the mind, so the mind won't deviate. If the mind if you if the mind knows every day, I'm gonna do this every day, I'm gonna get up at the same time, I'm gonna do the same thing, I'm gonna do this, then the mind will back off. So when the mind's backed off, we can start to focus, we can become really um ekena manasa. With one mind we can engage in in other processes of bhakti. And but then we, we continue to do consistent service. So regulate and consistency. Those two things are are really important um, aspects of bhakti that will, they're sure, surefire ingredients for success in devotional service. Regulation and consistency. And if we consistently do these things, uh, engage in these processes, Krishna will make arrangements for us to preach, Krishna will make arrangements for us to connect with other people, Krishna will make us arrangements to, to um, perceive his presence, in all aspects of our lives, at work, at school, wherever we are, Krishna will, will help us and give us that, that facility if we're prepared. I think it was Einstein who said that fate favors those who are, who are, who are prepared, those who have put in the hard work, then, then you'll get good chances, they'll come. So if we, if, we set, if we set up all, if we line everything up, um, then Krishna will reciprocate in many ways. Like Sipi was saying the other day, her friends at school were thinking, wow, this Kuntimala is really cool, I want to get like that. And they come to the temple and get their Kuntimala, and uh, I, one of the boys was in the Cricket Club, in the Port Melbourne C- Cricket Club. They're, they're going there with their cricket gear on and the cricket bag and everything, and they've got their bead bags like this. And there was, there was also non devoted kids in the club, right? And they, the other non-devote kids think, Mom, I want to get one of those bags. <laughs> Those bags look really cool. <laughs> it's like part of the cricket uniform, you know. Got <laughs> a small cricket ball in there. <laughs> uh, they became attracted to it. So um, Krishna will make those arrangements for the devotees. Last night I, we had, I had a function with my family and, and one of my sisters, who's not very I wouldn't say very um, I wouldn't have thought very philosophical, but very, you know, nice person, very friendly. And uh, she, everyone was talking and, and she read out a quote. She, she, she said, I'm going to read something and she, she read out a definition of the Maha Mantra and she told all about the importance of chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> 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 and Chantakarjuna and I are looking and thinking, what? The? Where, where did that come from? <laughs> you know? That's like, that's not her. I mean, it was, I think it was from ChatGPT, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. She got the right, she got the right info. It was like perfect, it was like Prabhupada. It's like, okay, that's pretty accurate. Anything else? Yes. Oh, sorry, Kundavali. then Sivya. Age and time. Sorry, Sivya. So. Not that Kundavali is very old. <laughs> Hare Krishna Prabhu. Prabhu, I was just wondering, um, how can we understand Krishna's reciprocation more? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you suggest, how can we understand Krishna's reciprocation? Yeah, it's an interesting concept, how to see Krishna's hand in everything that we do. And one way that Prabhupada taught us to do that is to... to we, when we do something good, or when something's happening that, that is really successful, then we transfer the success, or we acknowledge the su- success, to those who gave us the opportunity, to the spiritual master, or to Siddha Prabhupada himself, or to the Parampara, or to the devotees, so that we don't take credit, yes, I'm, I'm really good, you know, I did it, I'm successful. And if we continue to think like that, that I'm the one who did it, then uh, Vimudak. Cut them. then we become foolish, we think that I'm the doer of everything. But Prabhupada taught us that we're not the doer, that, that we, we acknowledge that whatever success has come our way um, is because of the the blessings and the mercy of the, of the Vaishnavas. And acknowledge that and to hand that over to them. That is, uh, that is one way to continue to be in that mindset that Krishna is reciprocating with me through my authorities, through, through the devotees, and it's not all about me. Because if I don't, rec- if I, if I don't see Krishna's reciprocation, it means that I'm the doer. kata hamiti I think I'm the, I'm the doer, but I'm not the doer. Krishna using us as instruments, Prabhupada's using us as instruments. And a devotee sent me a beautiful conversation between Shri Prabhupada and Tamar Krishnamaraj yesterday. It was a glorification of Janani Vas Prabhu and Prankajangri Prabhu in the old days and Prabhupada was glorifying them. But Tamal Krishna started glorifying them Prabhupada said, yes, these two boys, they don't know anything else except for deity worship. All they do is deity worship, they just know Krishna and surely they will go back to Godhead in this lifetime. And then he said that all of you devotees, all the disciples who have come to me have been sent by Krishna in the same way that when krishna took birth in this material world all the demigods came and p- took birth in different parts of braj and different parts of, of of vrindavan so all of you disciples have been taken birth in all parts of the world to help me establish this krishna consciousness movement so prabhupada acknowledged his disciples he always acknowledged bhakti sananda but he often acknowledged his disciples for his success Yes. Wait for the mic, so online wallows can hear. Is it for you? Ah, sorry. Hi, <laughs> Krishna Prabhuji. And thank you for the wonderful class, Prabhuji. Prabhu, you mentioned how when we advance in Krishna consciousness, bhakti becomes more unmotivated. Like we don't ask the Lord for things in return. But Prabhu, like when we advance in bhakti we we will like become more dependent on Krishna, like when we're having difficulties, he's like the only one we go to, like in the start when having difficulties, we try to find our own ways to get out of that problem, but as we advance, Krishna becomes like the only one in the center for us, so how come when we advance in Krishna consciousness, it becomes unmotivated. isn't it supposed to become more dependent on Krishna? Wow. Yes. So he has a so Okay. Can we sing happy birthday? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, this is a a birthday gift to Sivya. <laughs> Hope so. <laughs> um, it's um yeah, it's another very interesting topic, and as we advance in Krishna Consciousness, um, we become more dependent on Krishna, as you said. And that is not, that is not material. Becoming dependent on Krishna is, is transcendental. And it's not, it's not motivated. Even in that akama Savakamava verse, Prabhupada says, um, it doesn't matter what your motivation is, as long as you worship Krishna. Doesn't matter what the motivation is, but as we advance in Krishna consciousness, the motivation isn't to become free from suffering or to become free from um, misery or, or free from frustration. That is on a material platform, but it's to become. It's whatever situation we're in is forcing us, or it's 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 presenting itself so that we become more dependent, as you said, on Krishna, and we pray for that dependence because that is the safest place in the material world at Krishna's lotus feet. To be entangled in the lotus feet of Krishna is the safest place we can be. And we become free, then we become free from material miseries. In the the 18th chapter it says that one who does that, who surrenders to Krishna, who is there with Krishna, then twat prasadat param Krishna gives the mercy of supreme peace Paramshanti, and sthanam um then you achieve Krishna's eternal abode, Shashvatam, His eternal abode, by being always um, surrendered and praying for that surrender. Sharanagati means to pray for that surrender. We pray for the shelter of Krishna, and um, that is not a material thing. That's a spiritual. It's a spiritual blessing. It's a spiritual aspiration that we have the shelter of Krishna. One time Prabhupada told Guru Arjuna Swami that the definition of humility is to to, be, to pray for the shelter of Krishna, to be under the shelter of Krishna's lotus feet, because we understand that there is no other protector in the world besides Krishna. And then we become, we become properly situated. That is one of the definitions that Prabhupada gave of humility. Krishna. You can blame Prabhupada Prabhu for this I was trying to keep everything like intact but he's too ecstatic, you know. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the class. Prabhuji, how do we know if we're truly surrendered to Krishna? Because sometimes externally we see that we're surrendered, but how do we know if we are actually surrendered? Mm. So um, one of the ways we know that we're actually surrendered to Krishna is that we, like I said, we do things consistently. It's something that we do every day. We're not just faking it for a short time. So you can pretend to be humble, or you can pretend to be very submissive, or you can pretend for a short time. But then after some time, you, you know, it becomes obvious hey, this person's just a faker. He's not really, f- he's just pretending. But if we continue to do things consistently, then we, we feel, we understand in ourselves and other people can see through that consistent application of the process that we're really surrendered, that the devotees really surrendered. They're here every morning, they're, they're doing the process, they're at, the, they're at home every day and they're doing the same thing, they're worshipping their deity and in that way they're demonstrating by their actions that they're surrendered by what we do. Thank you, Guru. Thank you. Okay, I can hear rumbling stomachs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Yes, bro. Hare Krishna pranam Very nice class. Prabhu, as this verse is saying that when all the desires, uh, material desires, completely burnt then one is able to take the shelter of uh, Lord's lotus feet. So, what happens when one is on the path to that? Uh, he's progressing on that. So, how he get that um, protection, shelter, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm. I did re- kind of refer to that in in the beginning of the class that it seems like you know we we do all this work and at the end we have, now we're prepared now we're ready to um, take shelter of krishna's lotus feet but we thought we were taking shelter of krishna's lotus feet already um, the process of krishna consciousness is is good at, at, at all stages of bhakti at every stage of bhakti from Kanishna madhyama to uttama adhikari there are, there are aspects of we're always under the shelter of Krishna when we're engaging according to the the instruction of the authorities, and we're following um, according to scripture. Then we're under shelter. We're, we're under the shelter of Shuddha Prabhupada's instruction. That's one of the big things. In the, one of the most important teachings in the Founder Acharya, of course, is that Shuddha Prabhupada's the the, um, the ultimate um, instructing. Um, what is it? The ultimate. Shiksha Guru for Iskon, for Iskon devotees. So, when we come to Iskon, the first shelter that we take is our Shri Prabhupada through his books or through and through his, through the devotees and his instructions, because everything here is a manifestation of Shri Prabhupada's ecstasy of his energy, his spiritual energy. So we're always under the shelter. Um, but we're under we're, one thing that Prabhupada mentions in the early part of Prabhupada is that he mentions about five rasas. That then um, you exist either as a Lord's servant, as a friend, as a father, mother, a lover of Krishna. So then you can see that um, the natural position of the devotee, the Krishna consciousness of the devotee, really begins to become manifest. That 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 real kind of nitya siddha Krishna prema sabhya kabonoi that. The, the the love of Godhead becomes manifest and then we're really um, focusing on that that higher level of of rasa that the relationship with Krishna and at first we're cultivating or we're preparing ourselves for that through the stages of bhakti so at one sense we're always under the shelter like it's the same thing in that verse satam Sangha mama the last line says then you can st- then you can begin to uh, anukra then you can start doing devotional service. When you, when you hear and chant about the Lord and, and that's your focus, then you begin. But the hearing and the chanting was bhakti. Hearing and chanting was the, the process to begin the process. <laughs> so it's um, we're always there, we're always under the shelter. As soon as we come in contact with Shri Prabhupada's mission, we're under the shelter of the Lord's lotus feet but that becomes more and more refined and more and more um, profound, I would say. And then our relationship will will blossom with the devotees, of course, and then with the Supreme Lord. But that is a a higher level and at the beginning level we have to do the hard yards. We have to put in those marathons and put in those um, long hours running, run between surfaces. Uh, think of that, running between service. Okay, I'm finished that. Next, 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 next. No downtime. Boot camp. Sounds pretty heavy. But it's, that's the way we become attached to Krishna. Okay, we better finish that. Yes, bro. Michael. Mike. Just a, just a comment that uh, how do we know we're advancing in devotional service? Is that we feel vacant without the Lord's absence? Mm-hmm. Thank you. No matter what the Lord presents to us, we every every moment seems like twelve years. We need to get Krishna, we need to be with Him. That's our goal. Thank you. Krantaraja-Srimad-Bhagavatam-ki-siraparapah-ki-dokriminandi A filha que se não dá dia